0: Luxicle is a part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. The
1: Green
2: Mushroom Podcast Network.
3: when a dream is born in you with a sudden clamorous pain when you know the dream is true and lovely with no flaw nor stain oh then be careful or with sudden clutch you'll hurt the delicate thing you prize so much dreams are like a bird that mocks Flitting the feather of his tail when you seize at the salt box Over the hedge you'll see him sail Old birds are neither caught with salt nor chaff They watch you from the apple bough and laugh Poet, never chase the dream Laugh yourself and turn away Mask your hunger, let it seem Small matter if you come or stay But when he nestles in your hand at last Close up your fingers tight and hold him fast." That is A Pinch of Salt by Robert Graves. Hello and welcome to Lux Occult. This is the podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin, and pretty much all other languages, and we also discuss a variety of occult topics, exploring the intersections of science, art, magic, philosophy, technology, and so much more. It's occultism for everyone. I'm your host, Lux Estrada, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, that means that this show and magic are for you if you want them. There are a lot of different ways to be more free, and using magic or making space for a spiritual practice in your life can be one of them. As always, I don't speak for anybody but myself, others can, will, and should disagree with me sometimes. How will we ever learn anything if we all agreed all the time after all? And like those who attempt to be reasonable should do, I am willing to revise my opinions, and often do, based on new evidence. Alright, I'm super excited to be presenting this next installment of the Green Mushroom Project audio grimoire series. This episode features a recording of an experiment that me and some other folks from the Green Mushroom Hypho Sigil Project conducted a little while ago and is intended to introduce folks to a new astral area that I've been exploring and conducting work in since finding it late last summer. I'll also be sharing some thoughts about the inception of the project, as well as some exciting science news about fungi. So this has been a long time in coming. The last Audio Grimoire episode came out almost a year ago, so this has been longer than I would have liked, but life happened, as it does, and late is better than never. There have been so many cool things which have happened with the project in the meantime. We have our new home on the Green Machine Discord server, we have some great new clubs and experiments taking place, and have done some really interesting and effective magic together. And I'm so glad to be able to share a little sample of that with everyone. There are a lot of things I like about what I'm going to share with you all today. Thematically, we're getting into something that's been a pretty major area of interest for me for, God's a long time. Before I was seduced by the complexity of the processes which we call life and began studying biology, my focus and perhaps my first love when it comes to this stuff was physics. So what are the game rules of our reality and where are the boundaries of what can be known about it from within the system or the machine or whatever? So these are interesting questions to me. And I'm not alone there. Looking at this stuff from, I don't know, the largest possible scale has always been interesting to our species and has informed magical thought and practice throughout time throughout the globe. So I don't want to spoil it too much more than I probably already have, but I will say that I'm excited for us to be exploring this stuff together. Also, not only is it interesting to conduct these strange, I don't know, like, group thought experiments, perhaps, or whatever, just in general, but I think that there are some places in the recording where you get a sense of the, I don't know, whimsical nature of our interactions that, you know, often makes group work with this project so enjoyable. When I work with myself in my own individual practice, I often find myself getting like pretty dark and intense with things, so for me, there's this really nice and also very magically useful balance that I find working with these folks and with this current. Not to say that it's all like love and light or whatever. The mushroom as a symbol, of course, is closely associated with death. Um, it's something that can also produce something that heals, like medicine, or something that kills, like poison. Lots of different complexities there. The conversations between these concepts and the potential for finding balance and strength and what Dr. Cindy Brandon referred to recently on the show as the nourishing darkness is something that me and a lot of others in the project are interested in. And a lot of work with the concept of the void seems to be being done, which is also interesting. But of course, these things will speak to everybody in different ways, and there is no right or wrong way to work with the hyposigil chlorine as long as you are working within the parameters of the objectives, which I will tell you about in just a second here. I don't wanna go any further though without saying thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me and my fellow fungi, Joy, Miguel, Shane, and Manu today on the show. I'm super lucky to have such amazing collaborators, listeners, co conspirators etc. You all really are the fucking best. I really appreciate y'all. I've been using social media a lot less lately for mental health reasons, but that definitely doesn't mean that I don't like to hear from you all. I always welcome people's thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions, or arcane revelations. You can reach me at luxacultpod at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram at luxacultpod. If you like the show and you are into what I'm doing, you can support it on Patreon. And if you do so, you can take a bibliomancy break with me and there are no tiers or levels or whatever, so give as you will. You can also support the show for a one-time donation on Buy Me A Coffee. Another great way to show your support for the show is to get the word out about it. So tell everybody you know. (laughs) So thank you so much to everybody who is already doing that stuff. Your support makes the show possible and it really means a lot to me to be able to make it and to be doing this work and it wouldn't be possible without... All of you helping so thank you so much i really appreciate it you can find luxicult hello void t-shirts designed by laughing dog aka mirth and woe on instagram definitely check out his design work it's very cool these things will be printed on demand and shipped directly to you at pretty close to cost which is not super cheap but hey it's fine Um, and you can find a variety of different items there at IlluminIndustries.com. there's a link to that in the show notes All right, shout out to the amazing community of practitioners on the Green Machine Discord server, home of the Green Mushroom Project, and Administrism. Wherever I go, I do not go alone for my pocket pals are there living in my phone. I really appreciate all the amazing perspectives, stories, jokes, philosophical debates about philosophy, philosophical debates about foods, philosophical debates about different animal genitalia, conversations about magical practice and praxis. I just fucking love it all. I don't know. A community is nothing without the members of it, so thank you to the people like YermoX, shout out, dude, and everybody else who makes it what it is. I feel really lucky to be a part of it, so thank you for helping to make it possible. Alright, so this episode is part of the Green Mushroom Project audio grimoire series, as I mentioned. But what is the Green Mushroom Project, and what are its objectives? So in short, the Green Mushroom Project is an ongoing group magical working, which we started back in October of 2020, after some pretty extensive research and planning on my part that summer. The mushroom approached me as a good helper and magical metaphor, I guess you could say. Um, if we the practitioners are like a forest of trees, the Green Mushroom Project hyphosigil current is like the network of fungal mycelia that supports and connects the trees, all parties benefiting in a mutualistic agreement so the word hypho the the prefix hypho means web so the hypho sigil is a specific type of linking sigil for this project so i found the sigil and the words of resistance and we were sort of off to the races in short as they say all right so the four objectives that we set out for the mushroom project were to one create a network of quote green magic for practitioners to draw from for healing and restorative works, as well as creative, collaborative things. Number two, building and strengthening community and empowering the individuals within it. Number three was to strengthen our position against hate groups and other bullshit through solidarity. Number four was to encourage individuals to use powerful, magical tech to become more agentic. So as of now, which is early March of 2023, All four objectives of the project are now being actively achieved and we hope to see this continue as we grow and explore. It's been an interesting journey and I'm so excited to see where things will go in the future. Speaking of the future, I want to go ahead and remind you that we are now accepting audio submissions for the Green Mushroom Project and We the Hollow digital mixtape. Fuck around and find out too. You can find info and guidelines about that in the show notes, my link tree, greenmushroomproject.com and wethehollow.org. I'm going to play a track from among the awesome submissions we've already received in a few moments as a lead-in to our astral experiment, both to encourage you to submit your work and because I think that this track in particular is sort of psychedelic in a way which will hopefully help folks get in a good headspace for thinking about astral work or whatever. Also coming up in the future, as of now, is the Babylon Rising Panthelemic Festival that will be held this year, 2023, from June 9th to 11th in Springville, Indiana. Tickets are now on sale at a discounted rate for only $77 until the end of March, at which time they will be increasing to $93. Some folks from the Green Mushroom Project, as well as from Administrism and the Green Machine Discord server, are planning to do some fun magical shit and get weird in the woods during Babylon Rising. I'm very excited to be putting together a special episode about that as we speak. Lorelei Black and I recorded a fantastic conversation about the festival and about the goddess, Babylon, and much more. I'm very stoked to share that. Lon Milo Duquette has also been kind enough to agree to come and chat with me a bit about the festival as well. And if all goes as planned, that will be part of the episode as well as a chat I'm planning with Yara about some of the chaos magic stuff that will be there at the festival. So all kinds of good stuff there. If you haven't checked out the other episodes in the Green Mushroom Project audio grimoire series, I would definitely recommend checking out the last one, which is all about doing astral work and different ways of thinking about perception. It also has a short conversation with Aidan Wachter, who has some really good insights about maybe making this type of work accessible for people across the perceptual spectrum when it comes to how many pictures you see in your head or don't see in your head. There's a lot of variation there. There's also an introduction to the green mushroom shared astral temple space in a bonus episode between number 22 and 23 of this show. And this is kind of um, the first example of the experiment that you're going to hear today. So this experiment is something that we've done before for other spaces and we are expanding out into new territory with what you'll hear in just a second. So after the experiment, I'm gonna be back to tell you about some interesting scientific news about how fungi is being used in conjunction with electronics and about how language is sort of being talked about as a concept that fungi might have. And this is the work of Andrew Adamatsky, who is the director of the Unconventional Computing Laboratory in the UK. Really interesting shit going on there. You'll have a chance to hear a little bit About some of the other experiments we've conducted as our wonderful panel introduces themselves and kind of talks about some of the stuff we've done in the past here as we roll into our astral temple experiment for the day. But now, thanks so much to Loki Satfoot and Michelle Belmont from the band Knife for their submissions to fuck around and find out too the Green Mushroom Project and We the Hollow digital mixtape. And just a quick reminder, you can find Fuck Around and Find Out, offerings of magical sovereignty from the Green Mushroom Project, the zine, available for free digital download at greenmushroomproject.com or links in the show notes. Cheers! This is Luxa here, and I am very excited to be conducting this second iteration of this astral space exploration experiment. And I'm here with some of my friends. Would you all mind introducing yourselves?
4: Let um, me you go. Shane.
0: Hi, I'm Manu.
3: No joy. Alright, hell yeah. <laughs> That wasn't awkward at all.
0: <laughs> I, I think the order of the display is different from each of, for each of us, so I don't know if it's... Anyway.
3: Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Okay, well, cool. Nobody talked at once, and that's impressive. So we're off to a fucking fantastic start already. So if y'all wouldn't mind, um, whoever maybe feels like going first, maybe Manu, you could tell us just a little bit about your experience with the, the project or with Astral environments or work adjacent to that
0: yeah totally um so I've been working with the green mushroom astral space for a good while now um and done some pretty neat experiments in that space I've been on a little bit of a hiatus so this is a really good excuse to get back to working with the space and doing experimentations with that doing astral work in general was among my first introductions into magic and occultism and so i have a long history with like doing these sorts of experiments and uh it was it was an easy fit coming over and hanging out in this big cool mushroom that is uh uh full of a a kind of Cheerful, I'll call it a tavern-esque energy that makes it a makes it a good place to be. I've done experiments like uh, leaving art in the space and having others describe it to me. I've done experiments with like gift giving, and I know that there's been a variety of those sorts of things that have been going on in the space. But yeah, it is uh, not only a, a shared space and a communal space, but it's also a really useful astral space to enter just for the sake of doing magic and tapping into that. (laughs) that green sporific energy uh so i've also hopped in there a little bit when i'm doing something that is along those lines including healing work and community support i like to hop in there typically using just like a brief entry point in the resist mantra as a focus for sending out those spores wherever they happen to need to go so yeah i'm excited to do what we're doing today and to uh, uh continue work with the
5: project all right fuck yeah I'm Shane. I've been with the project for uh, about a year and a half, I think. I wrote a couple guided meditations that are available. The uh, Choose Your Own Adventure one, and that was uh, more or less a introduction to the tavern where you go in and actually meet the spirit of the mushroom and work to kind of get connected with one another and other members of of the project. Uh, We also did a uh, guided meditation on light and dark elements of the personality through the lens of the four uh, Western elements. And I took part in the gifting experiments uh, that we did over a year ago now, uh, where we would leave... A present for one person, and uh, the other person would describe what they found. Uh, that was really interesting work in the shared space. Yeah, like Manu. Lately, I've been kind of cooling off on that, and uh, just now started to kind of poke around in the astral. So I'm really stoked to, uh, you know, find this new spot.
3: Hell yeah! Got to poke around in the astral. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it is a big green mushroom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
1: Miguel. It's all you. <laughs>
4: Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> no, my experience with the astral is some of the recorded sessions that we've done before, and then a lot of just hanging out in my own astral temple that I have. And we've done the experiments, like everyone else has already explained. So those have definitely been very interesting and fun to do. So I'm excited to uh, do this one and see what happens, see what we find.
3: Yeah. All right, Joy, you can't get away from it. You'll have to go <laughs>
1: I'm trying to be polite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been involved in a bunch of astral experiments, um, proposed that gifting experiment that Shane was talking about, and I really enjoyed watching that grow and taking in other people's feedback and and changing it it as it went along. That was cool. I love hanging out in the astral space, mostly using it as an antenna, like a transmitter and receiver for... The work that I do in there, and sometimes uh, as a way to kind of magnify my work. I think I think that's all I got. <laughs>
3: Yeah, fuck yeah. All right, well, thank you all so much for sharing, and thank you for being willing to conduct this experiment with me and for all of the fucking awesome times that we've had up to this point as well. I think that the way we should proceed here is to go ahead and, like, get ourselves in this fine state, like you mentioned, Manu, like, you know, saying the words of resistance can be a good way of, you know, kind of just getting in line with things and uh, beginning your work with the project. So if everybody is ready... Let's go ahead and do that. And then if you have a candle handy, you're welcome to go ahead and light it. I will light one here. Remember to resist. Resist Resist, resist, resist by, maintaining by maintaining sovereignty,
0: sovereignty of, the of the self. Love, of the love, self. self. Resist, resist
3: by maintaining love of the self. Resist by maintaining fear loyalty
4: to love and pleasure. pleasure. Resist, resist with resist the acts of, of radical, radical kindness.
6: kindness.
0: Focus, Focus on, on the path, path to better times.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> the unofficial amen.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anyone heard
0: that? So there, there's a similarity between amen and om and certain other uh, sounds that are used to end ritual work. That it is opening with a vowel and then ending, going through the mouth and ending with a consonant sound at the end. So om or amen and fuck yeah does not follow that pattern but I like that it functions in the same role
5: I think I like (laughs) that it does not follow that pattern
0: yeah it breaks the vibe I enjoy that
3: (laughs) (laughs) gotta be disruptive (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so for folks listening at home I just want to make a note we're going to be talking about some stuff in terms of like imagined visual imagery but we're aware that There's a lot of differences. There's a whole kind of spectrum in terms of the amount of pictures or not pictures people will or will not see in their minds. So we've tried our best to include some things that are going to be other than visual images. And for the people participating today, I would encourage you to try to experience the space we're going to be in in more ways than just visually if you tend to be a a super visual person. And maybe kind of give some of those impressions, too, for folks who might be more interested in, in that kind of stuff or who might find that more accessible.
5: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm low visual, so uh, I'll be there to check the other box.
3: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I know the last experiment we had somebody who identified as being a fantasic along with us. And I think that was helpful in terms of, like, you know, exploring these different ways of doing this work. Because I do think that there's a lot of, impre- you know, misinformation or mis- um conceptions out there that this requires you to be a very you know visual thinker which is not necessarily the case so
0: buttoning that with astral work is inaccessible to no one with a functioning brain still out on whether like never mind i can't make that joke i'm sorry you're gonna okay never mind (laughs) apologies
3: and do him backpedaling. <laughs> <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> Okay.
1: Are you still drunk from last night, Manu? This
3: is
0: just unfiltered Manu. Oh no. <laughs> I'm
3: here for it. I love it. Okay. Well, no worries. So what we're going to be doing here is I'm going to go ahead and start out with the meditation that we like to do for most of our Fungal Friday chats, the sort of idea of bringing the energy of the shared astral tavern which is the area of the astral space where it's kind of focused on community and stuff bringing that energy into our online chats and kind of having that be this uh, maybe meta context that you know we're we're having these conversations online but we're also sort of um, in another way in this you know imaginary giant mushroom that may or may not exist on another plane, depending on your point of view about all these things and a bunch of other semantic and ontological questions and issues. Anyway, we'll start out with the fungal Friday meditation about meeting in the tavern. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and go up to the ritual area, the sort of temple that exists in the dome of the mushroom. And it also exists in a sort of super positioned way underneath and the like thonic, mycelial webs as well, where there is a pool and all kinds of other things that people who are familiar with this project might have heard already. Um, So before we start, does anybody have any questions or concerns or anything like that?
5: Not me. I think we're good.
3: Nope. Hands and
0: arms inside the vehicle at all times.
3: (laughs) Well, is everybody, everybody comfy, everybody ready to get started here?
5: Yeah, I'm in the uh, after-hours chair, thanks for asking.
3: Alright, fuck yeah. Well, it is After Hours. <laughs> Ooh, After Hours. <laughs> Green Mushroom After Dark.
0: <laughs> Blinking neon mushroom sign. The debauchery. <laughs> <Yeah>, you <right. laughs> oh, so You
1: gotta use your smooth jazz voice. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: there's gonna be some smooth jazz in this one. <laughs> some uh, some rain, foley, you know, like... <laughs>
0: all right
3: (laughs) everybody take a few moments to relax and begin to become aware of your breath shift your body into a more comfortable position make small adjustments to your posture to your head to your neck to your hands and to your feet as you begin to relax breathing deeply feel where the air touches your skin noticing the temperature and motion of it allow each breath to fill your lungs and when you exhale push the air out until you feel a thirst for the next breath the next deep inhale continue to breathe feeling the air fill your lungs connecting with the branching pathways oxygen entering into your blood dancing there giving nourishment and strength to each cell in your body, and each tiny creature which comprises your collective. Feel it renewing you, instilling you with resilience. Feel the firmness beneath your feet, The solidity of the structure supporting your body. Follow that feeling of firmness down, down towards the ground, down into the ground, down into the earth. Notice the feeling of stillness there, of centered stability. As we go down deeper still, we find that there is a stillness, a buzz with subtle activities of life, small things taking place in seeming silence, in seeming stillness, tiny happenings which give way to cumulative bloomings of many types. Take a few moments to explore whatever activities, whatever connections you feel around you. As we reach out with our minds, we can feel that there is a web of fungal hyphae there too. Notice how it stretches out in vast searching ways, growing broadly, reaching openly, exploring the deep places in the ground. Feel the action and the stillness of it. Sense now, in as many ways as you are able, the moment we are in. Consider the connections to the past and to the future, which stretch out on either side and think of all the ways in which these paths of your life have interwoven with others, will interweave with others. Think of how they interweave in the now. Like the mycelial hyphae, This network of time exists as a vastness of branching paths, of dancing signals, of shared resources and experiences. Is a structure of immense complexity, a pattern that is your pattern, the book of your life written in a non-linear woven tapestry. As we sit together, in this moment, connected with word and with purpose as well as with sparks and with wires, and with the unseen actions of our organic and inorganic technology, consider that we form a sort of circle, one which exists outside of space and outside of place, like a ring of mushrooms, much more complex than might first meet the inner eye. Out of this complexity, this hyphal web, emerges a familiar figure, rising up before us. It is the mushroom, looming large and growing more distinct. As we move towards it, we are able to sense it with greater ease. Can you feel its inviting pull, that place of gathering at the crossroads where we now meet? Notice that there are tiny lights, green spores floating around us, they dance in fractal patterns in the eddies of our breath, collecting in our hair and eyelashes like snow before sinking in, infusing us with their magic. Ahead now, the door is opening to us, and we can see the glow from within the tavern at the mushroom's base. There are smells of savour and sweetness, of spices and loam and baking bread. The crispness of ciders and exotic herbs. There is laughter floating in the air, and music which weaves through the twisting currents of spores. As we move toward it, we cross the threshold into the tavern, and all of a sudden, we see that we are all here, together, in this place of our own, which we have built between worlds. Welcome. As we move into the tavern, we are greeted by the Guardian. The protective force of their presence strengthens us, instilling a sense of safety and sureness in our footing and in our abilities. We see that there are many ways to gather in this space, many opportunities for collaboration or quiet contemplation. There are cozy nooks, bordered with stacked books, and large tables with games, and art projects spread out on them. There are instruments of music and science to be found in this place where we gather to share what we have learned on our journey and to share in the laughter and camaraderie of our astral peers. Moving through the tavern, we are invigorated, ready to do the work we have set out to do. We approach the passage to the Mushroom's Dome. And with a sense of lightness, we are transported into the ritual space above in a swirling flurry of glowing green spores. There are lights and colors of the dancing stars and the deep song sung by galactic centers. We can feel that this place exists both in the celestial realm of the stars as it touches the deepest of thonic currents. This is a place of superposition where the typically opaque layers of reality turn translucent and begin to blend, to bend, stretching around what our magics have amassed. We see the structural lines below these realities as they take shape, endlessly unfolding in the process of pattern, the pattern of process. There are no fixed quantities, only songs which are sung and continue to sing. The air is electric in this place of power, it crackles with potential as we feel its charge running through the subtle circuits of our bodies. We know that we are ready to undertake our task. With our awareness reaching down, searching the thonic mycelial pass, the comforting solidity of earth holding us steady, as though our feet were rooted deeply into the ground. Above us, the dome of the mushroom is open and we can see the light of the stars and nebula, the cradles of them, dancing currents of glowing green spores twirling. Our minds are pulled upwards by the open expansiveness of it, by the feeling of boundless space and potential. Feel the firmness of the earth. Feel the openness of the sky. Hold these things within you, at your center, and begin to combine them, allowing them to mix and mingle, feel how they oppose and attract one another. When you are ready, by the power of your wishing it to be, catalyze these elements within you in an ecstatic burst of light. Imagine yourself as a glowing green spore. We are floating together now, dancing on the currents of wind that only moments before were too subtle to detect. They now carry us, cradle us, holding us and sweeping us ever upwards in spinning spiraling currents. We can see the mushroom below us now, as we travel together, its green glow, a friendly beacon below us. Moving upwards, we feel changes in the currents of air. There are rivers of clouds that flow through invisible valleys created by temperature differences. There are currents caused by the spinning of the green and blue planet below us. We see it. In all of its glory, lands and oceans, the curves of its shorelines and the spirals of clouds and tides, we see the glowing blue band of its atmosphere as we travel ever upwards. It feels colder, and we are less encumbered by the thickness of air as we were before. We continue to travel up, we float freely for a few moments, Experiencing the vastness of the infinite space around us, feeling the fear of becoming lost in it, and the desire to explore it. We feel a pulling now, like a memory half retrieved and dancing in the corners of our minds, and with this sensation we begin to travel with greater speed, as we do. We realize that we are approaching a floating structure which is positioned close to an anomaly that seems too intricate to see directly as though encompassed of too many dimensions to fit into our space-time paradigm. This is the place that I have been exploring and I am now interested in sharing with all of you. So I would like to invite anyone who feels inclined to share any impressions that they have at this time
5: there's a glowing swirl and I kind of feel like we're floating out in space maybe and standing on something flat
0: the structure does not feel easily definable to me in shape and form but if I was described the thing that I felt myself moving towards it would be some sort of conjunction between uh Howell's Moving Castle in an M.C. Escher painting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sort of a a large structure of inconsistent geometry.
3: Mm. Consistent with my impressions. Interesting. Okay.
5: Yeah.
4: It seems to be a castle from what I can tell, but it's almost like as if you're looking at a 3D film without the glasses. Like there's just constantly faint double image of it and it's just changing. It's just reminding me of um, that example of a fourth dimensional being coming into ours where you can barely tell one part of what it really is. As I go around it, it just shifts and I see different parts.
1: Hmm. I get the sense of not a portal, but some other place superimposed over where we are. Like a blending of... Um, different places.
5: Like a train station.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have... A set structure for me. It's more like something that I can't... Fathom. <laughs> with my <laughs> my human mind. Right? Like it doesn't seem inaccessible, but it doesn't feel... Like it was... Like I don't want to say created But it doesn't feel like it's Um Operates necessarily on human scale Like
5: Like a lot bigger right?
1: Just like it's not Um It it, it just exists It's not Something that feels built Or Necessarily Made to Function Specifically at human scale More like it It's just here now (laughs) (laughs)
3: good Mm -hmm. luck (laughs) the impression that I've gotten from it so far in the past is that there's something to do with like the relationship between this place and this anomaly thing like this idea of like sitting on the edge of this thing as like like observing it but also like having a relationship with it like getting to know it
5: I got the impression of an ant trying to hold an inverted pyramid and glowing with energy
3: hmm. interesting, okay. Shall we try to go inside?
5: Yeah, willing,
0: little intimidated, but willing
3: <laughs> So the way that I've entered before has been through a sort of slick black like, portal almost? Like, it's like a, a wall made of onyx that you can walk through, but it's, like, liquid. And so that's sort of how I've entered in the past, but I'm sure there's more than one way with this kind of stuff, so. Once I come inside, though, I do find myself in a place that seems, in a way, like the tavern, but empty and much much different in aesthetic. It seems like a place where a lot of people could be if they wanted to.
5: Is anyone else sensing black marble?
3: <laughs> I was getting like
1: a, a crystalline structure,
3: but
0: black. <laughs> mm. The odd reference, but in the the Elf Quest comic book series, there's a a ship oh, yeah, which Elfquest. is also a Yeah a ship which is also a castle which the the elves originally arrived on oh dove and this this feels similar to how that made me feel of a cosmic foreignness a sense of curiosity but as as I'm entering this space there is a there is a little bit of alienation to it mm. it reflects the it reflects the mushroom but there's a there's a strangeness here for me.
3: Absolutely.
5: Yeah. Are you suggesting we're in the space mushroom?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am <laughs> suggesting possibly that the mycelial network is has infinite reach.
5: Oh, yeah. Maybe it's tied into a different network or maybe this is part of the same one.
0: I don't know. Feels investigatory. It just seems
5: like
4: Somehow it just is potential so then anything at the slightest thought it could become that So then it just keeps shifting constantly because I when I entered I just thought about the intention of entering and came out of a painting like in Super Mario 64 (laughs) and it sounded similar to what Luxa just said of going through the wall and then just inside it keeps on shifting for me from any reference my mind has of something alien and scary to something comforting and homely. But so it just feels like it's anything you think of it could be. But I have no idea what purpose it could serve unless it just is potential. So then it could make magic work differently since magic is potential.
0: The anomaly that you described and then Shane observed a green swirl is interesting to me cuz that feels like a sort of bridged gap of some kind and with the with the hyphostegial we reach out right we we send out spores we send out the we we extend the the strands of the of the network and it it doesn't seem... Well, it, it does seem awfully woo to me, but it doesn't seem too terribly woo that something might touch back. A, a, hmm. a mushroom of... I don't know. A mushroom of another place or another version of us or... I don't know.
3: Fascinating.
0: Distant, variable mushrooms.
1: <laughs> I was getting the, the feeling as, as kind of... As Miguel was saying it too, mm. it there's a feeling here for me that mimics. Um, so when you interact with deities or or entities that aren't human, that's a or what you would I don't know consider earthbound. There's always that perception that happens, right? There's like the way that you perceive them or the way they present to you that yeah. is a way that you can perceive them and it feels like there's that definite type of connection here between the anomaly and this this place.
5: It feels like an anteroom or a big uh, like waiting hall big stark sharp features relatively empty I don't know like maybe this is the place where you are about you know about to experience. Contact or something, or something will happen, or
3: it feels empty though. Here, I don't feel the sense that there's a guard like it's not like before where there was this sort of guardian, mm. it feels empty it, to me at least. But it doesn't feel foreboding, it just feels unused.
0: No, it doesn't feel foreboding.
5: Is there other places that you've been in the structure, or is this
3: there? Ha- there are. I- I'm curious to hear what you all experience though. So let's let's proceed onwards. If we feel like this is the antechamber, let's continue into maybe more of the main body of the structure perhaps.
5: Are we moving toward like a center or
3: I've just sort of like conceptualized it as moving forward, but um everybody will have a different sort of like spatial Reasoning, understanding of how this stuff looks in their mind, or whatever, but yes, yeah, so just proceed forward in, in the way that makes sense to you out of this antechamber area and into the next, perhaps more purposed area. Like, um, this area, when I've been here before, I've noticed that there is a, a very large and um, prominent feature that I'm curious to see if anybody else will.
5: Is it right in the center?
0: It wouldn't happen to be a big black orb, would it?
3: Or some other round structure. Uh. I have seen that here. That's not what I was thinking of, but I have seen that here.
5: I've seen like a like a pillar of light in the middle.
3: Okay. So there's it seems like there's something in the middle. Yeah, I'm perceiving it
1: as like a huge fountain. Like you would find <clears throat> like in a in a garden
3: complex, like something really large. Does anybody sense anything about the um, perhaps, like purpose of this feature
5: healing, I don't know I
3: don't.
4: it's just hard for me to sense it. it seems similar to the black orb, but more like you can't at least for me, like I can't see it like it's only black because I can't seem to sense it. I can just tell that there's a space in the center that has nothing, which I guess fits with what I felt before of potential so then in the center. It could be, I guess, where I could focus if I was doing magic here. It's nothing it's potential and it could become something.
0: Maybe I went a different direction, but I'm... the focus of... The, what I'm perceiving at the moment is an enormous black orb that appears to be liquid in the same way that the, the portal entry you described was, and it feels navigational. But
3: I was gonna say it feels to me like one of those um globes that they have at some like history or science museums where you can light up like different informatic layers on it to see like you know flights or storms or like it's like yeah. a gis globe or something yeah
0: precisely like that
3: yeah
1: i was gonna say it feels like an, like an interface of some kind but it's malleable like i'm you can work with it in different ways yeah. but it's definitely some kind of interaction
3: point one thing that i noticed in the space when i've been here before was like this giant window like looking out onto the anomaly like this was a sort of place where you could watch it like an observation deck or something but again i didn't really do a great job telling us which way to go so i suppose it is possible that we might have ended up in different areas of this space depending on how people think about this stuff it's a lot of interesting questions surrounding that. I think
0: so. uh, forward and together is a difficult direction to move when we're doing something like this.
3: <laughs> yes. Maybe we should regroup in the entry chamber and then all proceed to a room together. Hopefully, if you all wouldn't mind coming along with me to an area where there is this giant window, I've gotten the impression that there's like... Desks or some kind of other, like, work areas that can be used to, you know, as one is kind of, like, interacting with this thing or just watching it, it's unclear to me. But I'm curious any- if anybody, like, you know, is-, is getting any impressions of this place, and I'm curious if anybody is getting any impressions of the anomaly.
5: Uh, going somewhere, the anomaly is about, I think it's about travel or, or- translating from one way of being to another
1: i'm noting that i don't like the division between where i am and the anomaly (laughs) like i don't like the window being there i I want it to be open
5: (laughs) i did get the urge to touch the anomaly earlier when i was talking about ants and and inverted pyramids
4: yeah it seems to be calling but i have no idea if that's good or
5: not
0: Y'all are braver than me. I am glad for the big window. Um, I want to. <laughs>
5: I'm low I visual. To, I just want to get in contact.
0: <laughs> I want to uh, tool around with the desks. There's uh, a, There people have been talking about marble, and like there is a, a clicky clack of my feet on the floor, and there is a, a rigidity to the desk that I run my hands over. There's a stability here despite the odd geometry and it they feel uh, purposeful and purposely built
3: yes there's something here of like for energy like this is maybe not constructed but it is it feels organized i suppose in its, in its way it, it feels intentional Because I don't like the intentional
1: barrier between me and the anomaly. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's like, there's something to that though. right? There's, There's a division that's here that's purposeful for some reason. It's creating space and distance, but it's close, but it's distant, right? There's a distance here
3: yeah and the idea of like studying things oftentimes does have to do with categorizing which necessitates separation and um yeah interesting
5: there is a bit of symbolism in like a bunch of psychonauts coming to a place where they can study a level of conscious complexity beyond what they are I feel like that's what we're edging at here right and we're like in a classroom looking at something complex like
3: yeah, yeah, that actually tracks pretty I hard.
0: I was gonna yeah. say, like, I've had experiences in astral work encountering beings so I could not communicate with. Like, confusion and sometimes sort of like an odd hilarity with that. And I, I, I <laughs> feel a similar kind of uh, confusion interacting with some of these objects and observing this window. There appear to be uh, things left unattended on the on the desk not as if they were left in a rush it doesn't feel rushed to me but things that i would have no idea how to use or even what it was for yeah that same sort of like the discordant misalignment with what i'm observing
4: yeah it's hard for me to describe anything because everything is
5: constantly shifting so it's just i don't know i think the people that were here before went into the anomaly
3: I'm almost getting the sense that, like, this is a place that will adapt to our needs, but also ask us to adapt to it as well.
5: Like, to get ready?
3: Or, like, to use these tools that Manu was mentioning. Like, I had this kind of idea that you could figure out how to use them, but it would change you to do so. Which I suppose is true of using any. I mean, anytime you learn something, it does change you. So, but this seemed more significant than just that aspect of
0: it. Oh, an investigation, a mystery. That's the yeah. I'm so
5: glad we're recording this because then we can come (laughs) back and like edge it some more <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> let the hell out of this that's, that's, absolutely. A, that's <laughs> the
0: trial of the psychonaut though isn't it like the, the you run the risk inevitably of changing yourself by what you interact with that's the that's the threat of magical work yeah.
3: <laughs> but that's like the, that's also yeah. the goal of it though right? Sometimes
5: you're holding a lot already <laughs> <laughs> well that's also true yeah <laughs>
0: But there's a there's a daring to that a bit right like the attraction that y'all felt to the anomaly the attraction that we feel to the sort of absurdity and incongruity of the space there's a, a, a daring of like hey you want to interact with this well buckle up bud <laughs> like you're gonna have a time
4: did anyone get any impressions of whatever was here before
5: I feel like this is like a a place where you can spend serious time interacting with or observing or trying to, like, study that thing out there. Like, I don't know. I think I went a different room than you guys when we all tried to leave antechamber the first time, and there was some kind of, like, a, I don't know, like, recharge yourself type of station. It felt like a, I don't know, like a vertical bath fall of energy instead of water type of thing, and it sounds like you guys found some weird black globe, so... Mm -hmm. there may be a couple side spaces here
3: sure yeah i think there's i i've gotten the impression that this might be kind of an interesting place that might you know like like a lot of astral areas might yield um things that you're looking for
0: i'm wondering how much of that feeling of things being here before is like a genuine impression of other entities having inhabited that this space and how much of it is like the space itself the space as a as a consciousness as an entity something that designed itself so it would have that feeling
3: yeah i've also i do want to note that i've also been doing some work here and i you know when i have come here part of that part of me has like fantasized about bringing you all here so i wonder if some of what we're encountering is these like Impressions that I've left, or something too, about us coming here together. I don't know. Hard to say. Oh,
0: there's a lux in the machine.
5: <laughs> uh, well, I'm picking up. Yeah, I'm picking up the vibe of like coming here, exploring, like hitting some kind of like feeling like you've reached some kind of milestone, and that'll be like it has to do with directly with the anomaly. Like there will be a moment where it's like, oh. The next chapter i think that like this is like a way station like there's you know somewhere you know this is one of the many bricks on the road like we started off in the mushroom and then we moved to this place and then we noticed this weird thing like these could be just steps on a long path
3: oh yeah the world is vast and interesting right absolutely i might be in the minority here but I, i don't get the sense at all that anyone was
1: here before I have a different sense that this is mm, more like a conversation that is unique to each person experiencing it. So we can all be speaking with somebody, right, uh, I don't know, as if, like, so I'm texting Luxa and she's texting me, and the new's is texting her at the same time, and she's having multiple conversations, but me and I don't know what... We're saying to her at the same time because we're not having those conversations with each other, and so each one of those conversations is unique to the two people having it. That's what this place feels like. It feels like an invitation, and you know, like a conversation to me of kind of finding finding those those edges of um, where we might meet and, and where we don't. I don't know.
5: Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah. And the the anomaly is part of that, too. I I wonder if, (laughs) since they're inextricably linked, I I almost feel like this is just kind of an illusion. And perhaps the anomaly is, too. So I I really, like, I'm very Mm. curious to see where this goes.
3: Me too. Me too. Fuck yeah.
0: Should we maybe put a pause on the conversation and beam out? Because I am feeling a little... <laughs> my, my spore is wandering.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I th- we've recorded for about as long as we agreed to, and so yeah, I think this would be a good time to go. Actually, Shane, the thing that you discovered that you said looked kind of like a a kind of pillar of light? Yeah. The way that I've gotten back before to the mushroom has been sort of similar to how one enters the ritual area from the tavern almost sort of like a transporter if you will.
5: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I kind of see this thing the same as that thing, so that makes So yeah, sense.
3: and I wonder if that might be if that might be similar. So, but, so that's that's how I've returned before. So yes, there's also a lot of other ways to get back. If if people think it would be easier to just float on down the way that you came, that is also super an option. It's totally up to you. You are the one in charge here, and you get to make the choice about where you go <laughs> and how you get there and stuff.
5: Well, fuck yeah, I'm taking the tube <laughs>
3: but, um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and return back, floating back down towards the beautiful, glowing... Blue and green and white ball that is our planet. And as we travel back down to it, we can feel the solidity of it below us. We can feel its gravitational pull, its comforting embrace, the solidity of its crust as we are returning to its surface back home where we are finding ourselves. We're returning back to our physical forms with our feet firmly on the ground And all of that good stuff How's everybody good. feeling?
0: Yeah, good A little a little taxed, I'll be honest But I'm, I'm doing okay
3: Okay Okay Well, let's just take a few uh, moments here To just do some general impressions And, um Manu, please don't feel obligated like if you need to take care of yourself and go get some water like please you know do what you need to do to take care of yourself we we will understand or, or wait or whatever the case may be so yeah
0: no 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 this is okay warm down, is good. <laughs> warm down.
3: okay <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so overall impressions i think that this was super interesting i think that um it felt a lot more foreign. I don't think we got as many really, really strong hits as we did before with like the mushroom structure, which I think actually does make sense given the type of environment that we saw. Um, so yeah, that, that was just one observation that I had.
5: Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe we're talking to something that doesn't talk to people a lot. Hmm. Or interacting with, you
0: know. Okay, interesting.
5: Like maybe we... <laughs> synced up with the right vibe or you know the mushroom and the project is big enough to have attracted the attention of some like thing like we look different than a lot of the other imaginal life on earth who knows
0: when uh when we were uh ascending up through the dome i was i was sort of marveling at the really intense planetary energy that was sort of that of. Uh, flowing through that through that dome space and how we're in this we're in this really really interconnected position having that grounding to the mushroom and then having like the vastness of the cosmos up above and i was thinking of this like this oh man islamic philosopher whose name is escaping me and that kills me but he hypothesized that astrology works through like incredibly strong invisible cords that extend from the planets to every living thing And I was getting this really, really distinct experience of the mycelial network operating in a similar in a similar position to those cords, not like not like restricting or directing uh, like those cords were supposed to be, but extending in every direction and connecting to these connecting to these planetary bodies. Um, And as we ascended upwards, I wasn't so terrified of being sort of lost amongst the cosmos. Uh, because I felt those cords extending to this, to this place as well, to this to this object that we were ascending towards, They're almost like climbing an energetic ladder. Yeah, quite interesting, and had sort of like a tactile feeling to it of uh, being being bounded up in a nestled way.
3: Fascinating, very cool.
5: Yeah, I think I can kind of vibe with the idea that maybe we're contacting like the imaginal form of a celestial body or something I also got that kind of space orb type of type of thing
4: there's a uh, thing similar to what we're describing in a game called Destiny where there's a thing called a traveler that appears on earth and it changes everything and it kind of the lore behind it is very different from what we're seeing but it's the closest I can get to trying to grasp it It's just like some alien thing that appeared, and I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but no matter what, I can't grasp on something to describe it. It just changes constantly, and part of the reaction I had to it was my legs were physically getting very itchy, and they're not now. The feeling I got when that was happening was my body wanted to grab onto something in order to ground itself because it just felt so potential it felt like i'm floating it felt like there was nothing there so i couldn't even start to figure out what was going on
3: uh, fascinating okay
0: it's definitely far but... for some other sort of sensory input the sound the the auditory input i was getting throughout this experience. Was a uh, network member Yarmurud's one of his favorite genres, a dark ambient? Just this, uh, <laughs> absolutely,
3: yeah. I get a lot of, um, when I think about that, I sort of just like tones, a little bit of static. Um, there's some, I don't know if you all have heard any of the like conceptualizations of like some of like the music that different like astrological yeah. phenomena make, like sort of that kind of eerie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, think I've heard um, that, yeah, yeah, totally.
5: The word stark stands out to me like Mm. barren foreboding it
4: was very echoing
0: yeah definitely you say foreboding but and I totally felt a bit of that too but the work that I want to do when I go back there is very playful I want to when I'm back in the space I want to do work that is like investigation investigative and experimental I want to tool around with the things that it has to offer me and see what they do and if I was to do like my own magical work in that space, I would want to do things that were very like planetary and expansive and using those correspondences
5: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. what you were saying- and uh, that totally makes sense when you what you were saying, Shane, and it makes sense kind of. What- to sort of synthesize what both of you are saying like this sort of foreboding feeling that um you are describing like i think i'm interpreting it more as like something that's really big and structurally sound which can feel foreboding but it's like it needs to be
5: yeah in the way that when you're on the street in the city and you look up and the building is like immense yeah
3: yeah and it, but the building is built like that for a reason. Like it has to be constructed in that manner so that it will stand up. And so like I, I, there's almost a sort yeah, of sense of yeah, safety exactly. in that as well. You know, like it. And so within that sort of like the confines of this lattice of you know structure, there there can be space for for play to happen.
5: I didn't get any like threatening vibes. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, me neither. I right? What Manu was saying about playing
1: is, like, I, I just want to roll up on the anomaly and like hang out and and talk with it.
5: <laughs> yeah, I want to try to try to encounter that thing a little a little deeper. I mean, I, I
1: tend to think about things like I do with wild animals, right? Like, I just want to check it out and like see what it's gonna do and how it's gonna act and how yeah. it's gonna respond. <laughs> but there's like that mystery there that unknown it's not foreboding
3: but it fosters a respect
5: right
3: yeah yes i have the sense that i've encountered this thing before and when i have in the past it was something that i contextualize as being related to there's this sort of like thinking this kind of like i don't know plate neoplatonist sort of really thinking about like um the kabbalah or the unfolding of creation right how like things kind of go through these like levels of being until they finally kind of filter down to our reality i'm sure this familiar, most of you are probably yeah. <laughs> familiar with that concept right So, like, my my thinking there was, like, sort of, like, well, what happens after that? Like, you know, it doesn't seem logical to me that it would just end there. So, like, what's the next kind of, like, level, like, the lower level of manifestation below us? Like, what's the more manifested, manifested thing or whatever? Like, and that sort of considering, like, what that is kind of brought me to this idea of this anomaly. And I'm not sure if it's the same thing that we've encountered here tonight, but it did remind me of it yeah fuck
0: (laughs) more more manifested than manifested okay
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay well i really appreciate you all being willing to conduct these weird experiments with me and all the rest of it. Does anybody have any final thoughts?
5: Yo, thank you on behalf of the group for ejaculating us out of the mushroom into deep space to encounter high strangeness.
3: My pleasure. I've only been
0: ejaculated one time before that I know of, so this is a good to to return to that.
5: I'm glad that you guys are my pack.
3: I'd be happy to ejaculate all of you anytime. (laughs) (laughs)
5: stay (laughs) tuned for details on the green mushroom project in person (laughs) (laughs)
3: green
1: mushroom project after dark
3: (laughs) all right well that seems like a good bookend um does anybody have any final thoughts for our listeners or anything
0: other than give this a shot see what you find
3: we had talked about really wanting
1: to know what space witches would look like at one point (laughs) (laughs) i think (laughs) Bucks had just figured it out
5: <laughs> she, t- she convinced us to be space vision without even <laughs> knowing it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
0: I just, uh I just want to bookend it with. I want people to do this and listen and give it a shot and try it out and see what they find and report back, please. I'm very, very curious to hear further explorations and observations from everybody in the broader. Uh, in the broader mycelial network. I'm so curious.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been so yeah, interesting. And
5: any new listeners, we're all we're all just randos that tried one of Lux's experiments and got <laughs> going with the program, so please pipe. <laughs> yeah.
3: Sure, yeah. Everybody's just a rando until you meet uh, <laughs> until, you uh, in, together. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, This has been super fun. I really appreciate it, everybody.
0: Fuck yeah, this was
4: great.
3: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah,
3: thank you so much. All right, fuck yeah. Thanks once again so much to Miguel, Shane, Joy, and Manu for joining me. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to all of their work and whatnot. If you'd like to participate in the chats, rituals, experiments, or hang out and talk about magic or whatever with fellow practitioners, Let me or any of the fungi, like the folks you just heard on the panel today, know, and we will get you a link to the Green Machine Discord server. I have a few thoughts to share about the inception of the Green Mushroom Project, as well as some philosophical stuff and some science news, but first I wanted to remind you that you can find Lexacult Hello Void t-shirts and some other weird shit at Illuminindustries.com, my Etsy store. I'm working on some novelty water bottle stickers right now, which were inspired by a humorous conversation we had one evening during a Fungal Friday chat. You gotta chase your bliss. So there's links to that in the show notes. If you like the show and you're into what I'm doing here and you like the other work or whatever, you can support it on Patreon, which will entitle you to a bibliomancy reading with me, or you can do a one-time donation on buymeacoffee.com. Another great way to help support the show is by telling people about it. Inform your magistrate, send a letter to your lawyer about it, they love that. Shout at your hallway monitor and tell all of your friends, enemies, frenemies, family members, and coworkers about it. You can also post on social media or give a positive review or some stars where those things are done. Apparently good reviews are super key, so that is good to do. Thank you. I'm curious, when you think about the mushroom as a symbol, what type of associations do you have? You can write to me at luxacultpod at gmail.com or find me at luxacultpod on Instagram. So during the experiment, Manu noted that he was feeling some like really intense planetary energy in the astral mushrooms ritual space. And what his observation immediately brought to mind to me at least, were the planetary sphere initiations that Dave Audrey from Unearthing Paranormalcy podcast has been leading there in the Mushroom this past year. And I also, I know myself and some others have been doing additional planetary work there as well. So yeah, there's always a lot going on. There's also always a lot going on on the Green Mushroom podcast network. We've got great shows like Administrism, Smuts Up, Unearthing Paranormalcy, Grognostics, Primordia. X V Planis and Flood, shout out to you over there, has really done a lot to um expand and he's got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, so if you're into paranormal investigation happening on the ground, that's a a fun one to check out. Also, ad hoc history, the show that I make with my brother Asher. It's not the history podcast you wanted, it's the history podcast you deserve. We've just released a new episode about the interwar period between the Great War and World War Two, where we see the rise of fascism and consumerism. Interesting stuff. And you can find links to all of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network shows in my link tree. So I wanted to share some fun science news featuring fungi. This first article is from 2022, April 2022, from The Nerdist by Melissa Miller. And thanks to Yara for finding this for us. So it's called, The Fungus Among Us May Have Their Own Mushroom Language. Melissa writes, fungus may be capable of complex communication. Yes, your mushrooms could speak to one another in a language of their own. A computer scientist compared electrical signals in mushrooms to human language, and he found enough similarities between the mushroom language fungus uses and our own to make the claim. Andrew Adamatsky, the director of the well-named Unconventional Computing Laboratory in the UK, published his results in the peer-reviewed journal Royal Society Open Science. Eight pairs of electrodes were stuck into each fungus to log electrical signals. Adamatsky tracked the time between spikes as well as the frequency and amplitude. Algorithms then compared the fungi's electrical activity to human word length, syntax, and language complexity. Each of the four species of mushrooms studied had a unique electrical pattern, interpreted as a different language. Complexity varied, with the average of around 15 to 20 words and a maximum of 50. As reported in the Guardian, Adamatsky didn't offer any translation for the mushroom language. That is a future direction of the research, which should also include more species of fungus. Stimuli like food and stress help translate what the different electrical signals mean. As a note, fungi are organisms. They contain everything from yeast to mold. Technically, mushrooms are the reproductive organ of the fungus, as fruit are to trees. Here we've used mushroom language and fungus language interchangeably, but technically, if there were a language, it would belong to the fungi, not the mushrooms. Mycelium, meanwhile, are networks of root-like threads that bore underground. Mycelia absorb nutrients and transfer them from one part of the fungus to another. So Melissa goes on to talk about some pop culture stuff involving fungi. One of the things I found fun about reading this part of the article is that it touched on a bunch of stuff that came up recently in a conversation I was having with a friend, so shout out to you if you are listening, dude. All right, so back to the article. In reference to the mycelial web, Melissa continues, if this sounds familiar, the spore drive in Star Trek Discovery travels a galactic mycelial network. In fact, the astromycologist, or space fungus scientist, Paul Stamets, played by Anthony Rapp, is based on a scientist of the same name, who is a pretty interesting dude. The real-life Stamets studies fungi and believes they can save the world, claims Melissa. Eldon Stamets, a serial killer from Hannibal, is also named after him. This fictional fungus enthusiast believes that mushrooms are better communicators than humans. He'd probably be a big supporter of the idea that mushrooms have their own language. He plants his victims by burying them alive to turn them into fungi. Sounds like a fun guy. (laughs) Very droll, Melissa. (laughs) There's actually a company making fungus coffins that turn decomposing bodies into thriving habitats. NASA is also researching bricks made of fungus for building off-world habitats. The largest known organism on Earth is a honey fungus in Oregon. Underground mycelium span over 3.5 square miles. While there's no doubt this humongous fungus communicates in some way, it will take more research to determine if electrical signals are part of its language. In the meantime, if you want to avoid eating talkative fungi, the four species studied were caterpillar, ghost, enoki, and split gills. All right, hell yeah, thank you to Melissa Miller. All right, so this next one is also about Adamatsky's work. This is from February 27th of this year, so pretty recently. So this is from Popular Science, written by Charlotte Hugh. Thanks to zm 4 and Freder-Damiana for finding this one. I'm not going to read the whole article to you because it's a little bit long, but there'll be a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it all out. All right, so Charlotte writes, The classical computers today see problems as binaries, the ones and zeros that represent the traditional approach these devices use. However, most dynamics in the real world cannot be captured through that system. This is the reason why researchers are working on technologies like quantum computers, which could better simulate molecules and living brain cell-based chips, which could better mimic neural networks. Because they can represent and process information in different ways, utilizing a series of complex multidimensional functions and provide more precise calculations for certain problems. Already, scientists know that mushrooms stay connected with the environment and organisms around them using a kind of internet communication. You might have heard this referred to as the wood wide web. By deciphering the language fungi use to send signals through this biological network, scientists might be able to not only get insights about the state of underground ecosystems, but also tap into them to improve their own information systems. Mushroom computers could offer some benefits over conventional computers. Although they can't ever match the speeds of today's modern machines, they could be more fault-tolerant, because they can self-regenerate, and reconfigurable, they naturally grow and evolve, and consume very little energy. In the brain, neurons use spike activities and patterns to communicate signals, and this property has been mimicked to make artificial neural networks. Mycelium does something similar. That means that researchers can use the presence or absence of spikes as their zero or one and code the different timing and spacing of the spikes that are detected to correlate to the various gates seen in the computer programming language, and/or etc., these logic gates. Further, if you simulate mycelium at two separate points, then conductivity between them increases, and they communicate faster and more reliably, allowing memory to be established. This is like how brain cells form habitats. Mycelium with different geometries can compute different logical functions, and they can map these circuits based on electrical responses they receive from it. If you send electrons, they will spike, says Adametsky. It's possible to implement neuromorphic circuits. We can say that I'm planning to make a brain out of mushrooms. Right now, it's just feasibility studies. We're just demonstrating that it's possible to implement computation, and it's possible to implement basic logical circuits and basic electronic circuits with mycelium," Adamatsky says. In the future, we can grow more advanced mycelium computers and control devices. All right, very cool stuff. Thank you so much, Charlotte Hugh. And definitely check out the show notes or these articles for some really interesting images of, you know, fungi growing on these circuit boards and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting shit. All right. Hell yeah. So some final thoughts. I wanted to share a bit of background about the inception of the Green Mushroom Project. As I mentioned earlier, it was the summer of 2020 when I was first, I don't know, tapped or whatever you want to say to like do this thing. I did a bunch of research and experimentation and then cautiously began to like send out feelers to people. Dave Audrey from Unearthing Paranormalcy and Yara from Administrism were some of the first folks I approached with the idea for the project, and they were really instrumental with helping me get things going. Uh, Yara gave the project a place to call home on the Old Bind Council Discord server, may it rest in peace and really did a lot to help support and foster things in the early days, including some magical work on behalf of the project, which I appreciate very much, and he's been a continual supporter of it ever since, so fuck yeah, thank you. Dave was also a huge help in translating some of the ideas that I had across paradigms to make them more accessible to maybe people who were coming from a different perspective than I was, um, and has done, like, a lot in terms of, like, developing and implementing and building out new tech and experiments for us to try out. Um, And as a side note, we're working on rolling out something pretty big that he's been putting together for over a year now. Um, We're just kind of sorting out the logistics of how that's all going to look and everything. Um, But yeah, excited about it. And these are just two examples of people who helped out a lot, but there were lots of others as well. Um, It's just, it's been a collaborative effort, like really from the very beginning. I just want to yeah, I just really wanted to reaffirm my gratitude for all of the help that um, we've gotten, so thank you. So anyway, when we set out to do this thing, to create this project, it was very much in response to the uh, energetic currents which were present and prevalent at the time of its inception, um, which was the summer of 2020. And of course, these currents still pervade, they exist in the world all the time, but fluctuate in intensity, and it's all a very complicated system, of course, as is always the case. Everything is always in flux, Um, but we really wanted to find a way to easily access and work with whatever, I don't know, energetic current or whatever you want to call it would be the negating factor or the opposite that would kind of erase what was happening, whatever the opposite for this kind of like fiery hatred vibe that was like, you know, in the process of rearing its ugly head as it likes to do from time to time. So, the things that came together through my research and experimentation at first felt honestly like pretty unsatisfying. It would have been so cathartic to like vent one's own rage and, and dismay, really, in a manner similar to what we were seeing, the people that we were finding opposition with. It would be easy to fight fire with fire or whatever you want to say. But from an esoteric standpoint, As opposed to a political or social or any other one, like I want to be specific here that I'm talking about magic and the way that I see it. These things can get complicated, but this is about esoteric magical currents, not about the other things that I mentioned directly, right? Things exist on a lot of different iterative levels, of course, but I just want to be really specific here because this is something that I've um, encountered some folks who have had some confusion with it in the past and it's caused a little bit of tension, which I, you know, found regrettable. So I, I definitely wanted to try to be a little bit more clear about that here. Okay, so anyway, back to what I was saying. From an esoteric standpoint, it can't ever be an effective tactic to fight fire with fire. It's an okay metaphor to think about it like sometimes you can prevent fire with fire by doing things like controlled burns or whatever, but to actually fight fire that's there being fire, you need something else. Like water seems like an obvious answer, I suppose, but perhaps the most effective way to stop a combustion reaction is with vacuum. I think of the void here. But there's more too, like the effects of that hateful energy can be negated by it being transformed into something else, and fungi are master alchemists, working with the necromantic currents specific to their type of creativity. When we look out into the world and we study these types of things over history and over different types of systems, it becomes clear that when things that used to exist in the world don't exist any longer, a lot of times it's because something more viable, for whatever reason, came along and took their place. So this can happen in a lot of different ways. Species are replaced by others and ecosystems, old technologies fade away as they are replaced by newer, more convenient ones or whatever. This usually doesn't really seem to involve much of a direct fight, not the fire fight kind, right? Although we could get into some very interesting semantic questions about what we mean when we say fight, right? But to be you know, to use it like a very tired but probably accurate metaphor, uh, Henry Ford, who was a total dick, by the way, didn't need to fight any horse and buggy manufacturers or whatever because people, the consumers, liked cars better and so that's what they chose. So that's what we have now. And it's for this reason that I think we should be focusing our attention on ways to express our talents in the world in a manner which brings us and the people around us pleasure um, and that we find value or feelings of mastery in. Awareness is good, but we don't necessarily need to even waste our energy worrying about what people who like to monger hate have to say. See, their ideas are worthless and degenerate and degenerative and sterile. They will destroy themselves because destruction is all they are focused on. So to quote Jack Whiteside Parsons from Freedom is a Two-Edged Sword, Being in love, we create love. Being in hate, we create hate. And the image of the universe being in ourselves, the love or hate we create, acts equally upon us. This is the great pragmatism of magic. Interesting ontological assertion, and perhaps a somewhat ironic quote to include here given this person's biography. But I think there may be something to this notion. (laughs) <laughs> but regardless of what we think about that, I think it is safe to say that by providing an alternative to some of the, I don't know, less free or forward-thinking groups or philosophies out there, of which there, unfortunately, are plenty in occultism and spirituality in such places, we pose a threat simply by existing, because we're clearly the superior alternative. And I think this is something that we can and should be proud of. It's a fucking honor and a privilege to be doing this work. Much love and much love to everybody participating in the project, regardless of what that looks like for you and your practice. And thank you. Thank you for helping us bring this dream into the world. It comes to me that it's in some way a crime against one's future self not to express one's talents and the world, even if it's in a simple or small way. Think about the fungal circuits and the mycelial webs underground, and the complexity built from very simple interactions. Think of how neural networks form, and the idea of synergistic combination often misattributed to Aristotle. How the combined whole can operate at a different iterative level than its component parts. Think about what talents or skills you have, or that you want to have, or want to express more often. Think about the things in life that give you genuine pleasure, or a feeling of wonder, or mystery, or mastery. Think about the ways you could offer these things to others. Focus on that shit, don't be weakened by what Robin Wall Kimmerer calls the poison of despair, and where possible, avoid fighting on the terms of your adversary. Resist. Resist by maintaining sovereignty of the self. Resist by maintaining love of the self. Resist by maintaining fierce loyalty to love and pleasure. Resist with acts of radical kindness. Focus on the path to better times. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much to Miguel, Manu, Joy, and Shane. Thanks to Old Man Beats for the use of the main theme for this episode, Noir Synth Sweep. Thanks to Loki Satfo and Michelle Belmont of the band Knife. Thanks to Keats Ross and all the folks over at We the Hollowed. And most of all, thanks so much to you for listening. This is Lux Estrada reminding you to stay strong and stay fucking curious.
5: Lux Cult is a part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network.
3: Oh yeah, there's going to be some smooth jazz in this one.
5: Hey Luxa, what do you have there? It looks like a tattered old Discord server.
3: Oh, this old thing? It's pretty beat up. But if I do... this... Sweet! Now that you peeled off the outer bits, it looks fresh as hell! We should call it the Green Machine. Awesome! I fucking hate it! That's okay. It should function alright, but it would probably work better if we had more people.
5: Yeah! We have an awesome crew of chaos, occultists, socialists, witches, and weirdos, but there's always room for more.
3: Absolutely. If you'd like to take part in any of our many chats, rituals, workshops, clubs, and more, hit me up and I will send you a link. You can reach me at luxacultpod at gmail.com or at luxacultpod on Instagram.
5: And remember, resist! resist.
6: Welcome to XP fee Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. My name is Flood, and I am the host of XV Planets, a bi-weekly podcast of the odd and unusual. The core of XV Planets is a documentary-style exploration into paranormal investigations that I and my ever-evolving group of magical misfits conduct. We take a look at the history, the mystery, then go see it for ourselves, and then we bring that experience, and on occasion, that evidence, to your ears. Alongside the investigations, you'll find a treasure trove of other content, like interviews with authors, art historians, mediums, UFO researchers, cryptid hunters, fellow paranormal investigators, as well as deep dives into the arts, exploring topics like the killing joke frontman Jazz Coleman's magical practices, and how that propelled the band forward, and whether or not David Lynch was really conducting occult rituals through Twin Peaks The Return. So follow XVPlanus today and get caught up on the journey, because I can promise you, it only gets stranger from here. I'll see you on the fifth plane.
2: Epic history.
3: The Greeks are like on the beach. They're like doing burpees or something. (laughs) The Persians sail up and they've got like, they've got like little spears and pomegranates and stuff. And they're like, hey, want to be part of our cool empire?
0: In-depth commentary. Cutting edge expert drunken analysis (laughs) Two people that you don't know anything about. It's ad hoc history with Asher and Luxa, siblings extraordinaire.
3: Hey, just real quick, like, if you were emperor, would you choose me as second emperor?
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Next question. Learning. It's not pretty. It's not nice. And if you want to talk about justification for war and all these things, but when you get to how the sausage is actually made, this is it. It's
2: ad hoc history.
3: It's not the history podcast you wanted, it's the history podcast you deserve.